blood. The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I see the enemy coming in like a flood in our houses, in our churches, in our families. But what I don't see is the standard. People of God, where's the standard at? We're in a war, y'all. It's time to stand, y'all. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear, and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Turn with me in your Bible to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. And we will turn our consideration, the 11th chapter of Hebrews, the 23rd through the 27th verses. Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 23 through 27. And I'm reading. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was here three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper or a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he that had respect, is that right? For he that had respect unto the recompense of the reward, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. I want to talk to you here this evening about faith Amplified. Faith amplified. When you think about the word amplified, 
The definition of that word means, please listen, it means to make larger or stronger. It means to increase or extend power or authority. Amplified means to develop more fully. Faith amplified. For the brother that we will be watching here on this evening that we might glean something from his life and pull it from way back when and then to bring it up here to here and now. See, when you're dealing with the scriptures and you're maturing in the things of the Lord, it's no longer Moses. Some facets of Moses or Elijah's life could very well become yours. So what God was saying necessarily to them, he's talking to you now. May I ask you a question? The faith that you started with, are you still there? Since we're talking about faith amplified and we're talking about making it larger or stronger to increase or to extend power or authority or to develop more fully, are you still a baby? You see, because what God has in mind, you have to understand that faith comes by hearing, not having heard. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. That's a rhema word. That's a living word. That's a noun word. So faith amplified means wherever you started out with Jesus, whether it was five years ago or five minutes ago, how long are you going to stay in that baby stage? Because when we talk about faith being amplified, we're talking about to extend the power or the authority and to develop more fully. Now, I don't plan on beating anybody up, but I do plan on explaining what this word is about. If you stay where you were, and it's been five years now, and you still can't teach, you can't add anything to the Sunday school class, then the faith that God has given you is not being amplified. You remember when the Lord talked about this, this, this journeyman that was going on a long journey, and he gave his servants some talents. Mm-hmm. And when he got back from his journey and began to survey what he had given each of them, one did nothing with the gift. As a matter of fact, he was so proud until he took the gift and dug a hole and buried it and blamed the Lord for the reason that he did not take it up and do something with it. And that was wicked in the sight of the Lord. 
you would not have a Billy Graham or a T.D. Jakes or Bishop Paul Sylvester Morton Sr. If they took the faith that God gave them and put it in a hole. Faith in order for it to be fruitful and productive, okay, must be amplified. It must be extended from what was initially given you when you met Jesus. So from the point that you met the Lord, what he gave you, it should be amplified by now. Now sometimes what, what happens in the amplification of faith in the heart of the believer, sometimes what happens is that God will seek out and extend an opportunity to you, basically at your church, for you to do something. It may be to help in, in, in a Sunday school workshop. It may, it may be whatever that may be, God just extended you an opportunity to grow. You see, the problem with a lot of people in our local church is that they don't see themselves submissive here under divine leadership. But they have basically no problem out there submitting to a worldly supervisor. If he says we're working 12 hours, I don't care if you had a vacation plan, you're working 12 hours. Or don't come back here. Because people need team. And there's no I in team. So when we talk about faith being amplified, what opportunities have been extended to you for you to grow? You have to be careful when you're dealing with Lord because you cannot see how voluminous or how large this opportunity may expand you into the kingdom, but it seems so small and insignificant. But everything God got is big. You got a little car key to open up a, a, a car door. Isn't the car bigger than the key? So ask yourself a question. How have I grown? See, a lot of times when people say, I have not grown in this ministry. Well, maybe because every ministry is not for everybody. I give you that. But you've been here five years and you have not grown. Could it very well be because you ain't trying to grow? And you're afraid of responsibility so you don't put yourself out there because you don't know what you're doing and you don't want nobody to show you. And that's not what God intended. When God sought us out and gave us faith, he planned on, just like the giving of those talents to this guy that buried him in the dirt. He gives us opportunity. We are responsible for what we do with those opportunities. Got it? Okay, so now, what, what happens here in the life of Moses, taking a look at this 11th verse of Hebrews chapter 11, I guess I could call this then, Lem, lem. Okay, now let's, let's extrapolate each of these so that we can uh, accrue something 
out of the life of Moses that we can use for ourselves because the journey of a thousand miles began with one step. And God has dealt to every man what? The measure of faith. But then on the other hand, all men have not faith. So to the all men that have not faith are those that are not born again. The faith that God had measured to every man, those are the ones that are born again by inviting Jesus into their heart. A lot of people are waiting to know everything before they step out. That's not faith. That's knowledge. And knowledge puffeth up. So let's see if we can garner up a few things here that might make us stronger Christians. In this 11th verse of Hebrews chapter 11. Am I in the right place? Hebrews 11 and 23. Man. And I'm bumping the mic all on this stand. It's bad. But at any rate, just bear with me. Can you hear me? Well, then that's what's going to bring faith. <laughs> okay. Now, Hebrews 11 and 23. By faith. How? By faith. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child or a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Now, right here, when Moses was born, he was hidden for 90 days. And those 90 days that he was hid was because his parents hid him. Because when they looked at this baby, and that was the time that the slaughter was going on, and they were killing all the male children. And so when Moses' mother had him, she looked at this child, and she said, this is a beautiful child. And there's no way that I'm going to turn my child over for them to kill him. I don't care what the king says. I don't care what Trump says. I don't care what anyone says. I am not going to euthanize my child. So in the process, the parents made the decision to spare their child. How do you feel about yours? How do you really feel about your children? Any good parent will watch out for the kids. Now here Moses' parents didn't really care what the king thought about it because they believed that God was greater than the king. And so they hid this child for 90 days because they perceived that this was a proper child. And somewhere down in their spirit, they probably believe that God is going to use this child in some way and somehow because he doesn't even, you know, he looks beautiful. He lo looks like he has something to add to his generation. And not only that, this is my child and I'm not killing him. I'm not exposing him to death. Please love your children, even though they are grown. You're the one that can. Yeah, you're the one.
that didn't want him to grow up. Yeah, you, you guilty. Yeah, you the one. And when they start growing and becoming young adults and having their own mind, yeah, you got nervous. You tried to get up in that and run that. And so since they were raised to be respectable, they don't want to tell you, but I'll tell you, back up. Let the child go free. But that's the mindset that the parents of Moses had. All right, in verse 24, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It was something going on with Moses, something going on in Moses, that he refused to be called Pharaoh's daughter. Some children are adopted. Some children um, are taken over by the state. I mean, it's a lot going on with children these days. Some children are caught up in human trafficking. Some kids are caught up in the prison system. Ever since they were teenagers, they've been in and out of jail. We have all these issues going on with people. But the best way to either elevate your child up out of that dilemma is to remember God's word is true. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Now God's word is true. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered. And I don't think you wasting all your time losing all that sleep is going to cause that child to act any better. I think when we go to God in prayer, we go in prayer believing. Believing that those things that we desire, that God is going to grant us our request. So we need to make that prayer because his ears are open unto our cry and then we need to go on to sleep. Amen? Because that's the way that it ought to be. So when your children come to years, then they should assume responsibility for what they're doing in their own lives. Amen. Amen. Verse 24 again, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pledges of sin for a season. Now, I don't care what you say. Sin has pledge in it. It has pledge in it. And ain't no need you lying talking about I ain't enjoyed it. You did. You went back for seconds and thirds and fourths until your legs were too weak to go back anymore. Huh? Sin has pleasure. But this is the point. When you grow up and assume responsibility for your own actions and where you want to be and who you want to be, where you want to be at and what you want to be doing and, and all that. When all that is wrapped up because of the choice that you made, you know as well as I do, we have to suffer with the choices that we make. And Christian responsibility demands that you make a decision. 
It demands it that you make a decision. So Moses did make a choice. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now, I, I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming very skittish about talking about what's happening with me, uh, whether good, bad, ugly, or indifferent, because I don't want anyone to think that I'm taking advantage of this or I am vaunting myself. We found out on Sunday that's putting the spotlight on you and self-glory and all this. But then it's counterbalanced with another scripture, and that is to make the Lord's deeds known among the people. You got that? So if God has done anything for you, you ought to testify. So don't get just hung up on one aspect of scripture that a saint can't testify. Uh, he's always talking about himself and she's always talking. But I ain't never had no testimony from you. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking up for both of us. Okay. <laughs> but allow me to say this. And this is what sort of challenges my mind. I added up the other day the years that I've been born again and walking with the Lord. At this point, it's 48 years. Two more years, it will be, be a half a century. Now, when I told the Lord that I would go, let me tell you what's going on. I was tired of them nightclubs. I was tired of living in the dark. I was tired of everything associated with that. That's why I don't like dark places now. So when I turned to the Lord, the night that I had gone to commit suicide, I told him I would serve him the balance of my days. And that's still good on the books. That's why I don't understand people all up and down. You know, they unstable. And the reason a lot of people are unstable is because they have no firm commitment to the Lord. And not only must we have a firm commitment to him, who is our personal Lord and Savior, we have to have a firm commitment to his word. So when I see people all shaky and double-minded, I'm scared of them because I don't know what they're going to do. Because a double-minded man is unstable, what? In all of his ways, right? So if faith is going to be amplified, it cannot be shaky. If you tell the Lord you're going to do something, then you must understand you're talking to the Lord who made your mouth. He's holding you accountable for what you said that you would do. All this calling in, I'm sick, I'm sneezing, but you're going to work. You're going to work. Sneezing, handkerchief in one pocket. You, you're going to work. But God, you're saying, does not demand that or command that or deserve that from me? Because we stay in church too long? Or because something else is going on? This ain't about you. So the call on my life, as far as I'm concerned, is very important. Walker, no walker. I don't care. Sandals in a suit. I don't care. You've seen that, haven't you? 
I am going on with the Lord because that commitment is what's going to save your life in a crazy world like this. And I'm keeping that commitment. And nobody gets uh, between that commitment. Now the Lord knows, I love that lady sitting over right there, her name is Mary Caldwell. She ain't going to get between this. I told her that the day that I made my commitment to the Lord. I asked her, would you support me? She said, yeah. And she's done that. She's super committed. She's done that. I don't play around with this. I have a schedule already built in for Sunday. When I leave that north location, I'm headed home. There's a few things I have to do. Maybe lay down sometimes less than an hour and I'm back here. It's a commitment. So the choice that Moses made, I made a choice too. And when you look back in, on your life, you ask yourself a question. What choice did I make? Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be Sunday school. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be back at night church. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to come to prayer meeting. Why not? Don't you belong to Christ? Didn't you make the commitment? You made a choice. And God will hold you to it. So everything else in my life comes second. Third. Not at all. Some of y'all too loose with the commitment that you made. Yeah, you, you're here tonight, but are you here on the protest? Hmm? Some people, they watch, they watch, and, and, and when that watch hand hit that, they gone. You don't do that on your job. You try that on your job and see how, many, how long you're going to have it. We ain't treating the Lord right, and I'm here to put the light on that. We're not treating them right. And we need to do better. He'll help you do better. That's how good he is. He will help you to do better. All right. Moving right along. Verse 25. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Or to be rebuked for something you believe about the Lord, about Christ. For people to look at you with a condemning eye. Okay, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the payment of the reward. God will pay you if you work. Can I get a witness at the house? God is not, God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor. Love. Man, God loves you. He, he, you, he, he, got, he got you. He got you. But because you don't make a choice to be faithful in Sunday school, you should be faithful in Sunday school. Amen. Now, when you talk about making choices, life or death choices, are you going to have brain surgery or not? <laughs> huh? We're always making choices. If you stick with Jesus... And you stick with this word. 
Those of you that teach it, you teach this. Not some brand new novel. You teach this. You don't teach from this. You don't teach about this. You teach this. And I guarantee you on God's word, it will give you strength in your old age. It would do for you what the doctor could never do. It'll pick you up and turn you around and place your feet on solid ground. It'll put a joy in your step and song in your heart. God's word has everything in it that we need for life or godliness. It's in his word. It's in his word. I went to preach not too very long ago and it was a night that I was given. And wherever I go, I'm taking the word with me because word, I travel with God's word. And so I shared what God placed on my heart. And now I'm invited to come back two nights. Now, in a few days, <laughs> in a few days, I'll be... 74. Now, what do I plan on doing? What I started doing 48 years ago? People need for you to grow up so that they can be nourished by your words. Opportunities given you here at the local church are given for you to grow. You get a taste of the Sunday school workshop. You may find your calling, you know, there. And we provide opportunities around here. Amen. So let's kind of do that. So faith amplified. Y'all listen to this. Faith amplified or enlarged or made stronger. Go back to when Moses had to be put on the water. Okay, Moses was our first basket case. <laughs> I'm going to run when I see him. But going back to Moses and how he got elevated, okay, from the basket to the castle more or less, and from living in there with Pharaoh and all them other kids out there being killed, God is smart. God got Moses as a baby living up in Pharaoh's house. And he grew on up until he was able to make a choice. Now why didn't he choose Pharaoh? Because God chose him he chose the Lord. He chose the Lord. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people. Now that's the way I look at my life. I really do. I'm somebody. Because God don't make no junk. 
And I stand in the authority in this church that the Lord has given me. And I'm not playing around with it. And that's why some of y'all come to hear me preach. Whatever is doing for you, God bless you. That's where I look at it. That's where I look at it. So you have to go back to your initial choice. Because if you were firm in believing initially what you told the Lord that you would be responsible for, for in doing, then the Lord expect you to do that even now because he has already charted your course. Amen. He knows what he wants you to do. And it's going to be for his purpose and for his glory. Amen. Somebody tell the Lord thank you. Thank you. Oh man, my, my shoe's getting happy. <laughs> now notice this. By faith. Am I in verse 27? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In verse 27, Hebrews 11, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And you know what? God granted Moses his request. Moses saw God, but he saw God because he made a request of God. He said, Lord, show me your glory. Am I right about it? But the Lord did not allow Moses to see his glory. So Moses was hid in the cleft of the rock. And God put his big old hand over the opening in the cleft in the rock where Moses could not see God's face. He saw the Lord moving away from him. Where was God headed? God was headed into the future. See, because if, if God had shown Moses, not, 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 y'all keep in mind what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about faith amplified. It, not, not, allow me to do this. <clears throat> it started, I want to say basically, God had Moses on his mind, but going through all that. So here you are at a bush that's burning. And it's on fire, but it's not consumed. And the place that your feet stand on is holy ground. And you're talking about the true and living God. Now how do I, <laughs> how do I stretch my faith? To the point that here I am out here on the west side of the desert and the bush is burning and I'm looking at it and I'm going to end up way into the future serving this God that is invisible to me. Well, I got to stretch my faith because God got great things for me. That's a word in there. <laughs> You got to stretch your faith because God got great things for you and he's not leaving you this year where you were. He's not going to do it. He's not leaving you where you were. You can't stay there. 
and be effective. You cannot, you cannot use the new on top of the old. Jed, you got to move away from there. So we're talking about now, this man is getting ready to lead over two million people. That's bigger than the Million Man March. He's getting ready to lead two million people because he's going back down in Egypt and tell Pharaoh what God said. So how do you get to that point from just hearing God's voice to leading two million people? Faith amplified. Can God amplify the faith you have to the point that the stuff that used to worry you does not worry you no more? Because you know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that's at work in us? How, how, how do you get a former junkie with a hand-sized New Testament now leading up one church in three locations? How, how, how do you do that? You have to have your faith amplified, stretched for the next thing God wants to do with you. Too many people comfortable where you are. When God calls you up, he's calling you up. So at any rate, Moses wanted to see God's face, and God wouldn't let him. So God was moving, and, and he allowed Moses to see his hinder part. He put his hand over the, the cleft in the rock, the opening in the rock, and so Moses, looking at God, saw God going away from him. Where was he headed? I'll tell you where he was headed to. He was headed to Mount Hermon. Pastor, what happened on Mount Hermon? It was there when Moses saw God's face. You remember when the Lord's face did shine? And it was Peter and James that went up on top of Mount Hermon. And the Lord's garments shone until they were very white. And Moses said, it's good for us to be here. <laughs> oh, Yes. Now, if God can bring Moses back from the dead and have a conversation on top of Mount Hermon, you know you're coming back, don't you? Amen. Moses wanted to see God's plan. God's plans are wrapped up in Jesus. And so if Moses had seen God's face, he would have seen the future before he was ready to deal with it. Mm-mm. But see, God with that same Holy Ghost in the church today, dealing with us as believers, the Holy Ghost has come to show us things to come. But a lot of us, you have to ask yourself a question. 
Am I ready for the future? Can God trust me to show me the future? He wants to. So on top of Mount Hermon, it was Peter, James, and John, and Jesus. No, it was Peter. Find that for me right quick. Anyway, that's Matthew chapter 17. So, so what, what happened in the process is Peter wanted to build three tabernacles there. One for Jesus, one for Moses. It was Peter, James, and John. Okay? So God would not allow that because had Moses looked in his face, he would have seen Jesus. And it was not yet time for him to be revealed. God ain't going to serve no wine before it's time. And see, some of God's people talk too much. God showed them something, and it's not, you know, it's in its embryonic state, and the people that they're talking to who have no faith will kill that vision. So you be careful who you tell what God said, especially if it's personal. But you, you, you have to understand, this started from a small seed of a baby being born all the way up to leading over two million people out of Egyptian bondage. Hmm. Moses had the kind of faith that defied basically anything that looked like it was normal. Like here you are turning water to wine. I'm sorry, turning, turning, turning blood, water into blood. God down there using you, you do all them miracles. Huh? And here you already killed a man. God is merciful. So if God can use a killer to bring two million people out, don't you think he ought to be able to use you to save mama? <laughs> huh? Man, God is, he's just awesome. And, and I think we, we, we misunderstand him because we don't understand how much he loves us. I think because we misunderstand that point right there. We don't feel as comfortable telling him, talking with him, obeying him. God is for you. I got scripture on that. It says like this. If God be for us. Now, now how much more do you need? I don't wake up in the morning believing that God is against me. Don't you know I got better sense than that? If God was against me, why would he wake me up? He loves me with an everlasting love. 
Now, the faith that he's given you, he expects you to amplify that and take advantage of opportunities for ministry. That's why he gave it to you. Well, Lord, you know, <laughs> I got the faith you gave me. Matter of fact, could you give me just a minute? Uh, pass me that shovel over there. Dig, dig, dig. See, Lord, here it is right here. Lord said, you ain't nothing but a nutcase. You're you going to take the faith I gave you instead of you amplifying that, getting a better job, getting a better house, getting everything in your family better because you amplified your faith and you looked at that faith and you said, now, I can do better than this. And you just began to pull bread out of bread and fish out of fish and praying about things that you really needed. And God started manifesting himself. All that is faith amplified. But no, you dug a hole and there it is right there. Take that gift away from that man. I don't plan on, and this is not self-serving, I don't plan on giving God none of his faith back that ain't been used. I want all dinged up and donged up and, well, well uh, son, how did this happen? Well, Lord, I believe that I could do this and I just, I just fell on my own shield. Get busy. Can you get busy? Some of y'all in this church, you need to get busy. You need to ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me do? Because I got to amplify this faith. I, faith without works is dead. I, I need something to show for all the years that I've been in that church. <laughs> what do you got to show for all the years you've been here? I was talking to a guy the other day. Matter of fact, it was yesterday. And this guy goes from church to church. He's, he's joined the church, but he's never there. And he's a quote-unquote Sunday school teacher. No, he's not a Sunday school teacher. He thinks he knows more than his pastor, so he's unteachable. I hope ain't nobody in here like that, because you so far behind me, you, it, it'll, it'll shake everything you got. So, I was talking to him. I've known him for quite some time. So I said to him, you know, how, how's everything going? He said, well, I'm doing all right. I said, you still moving around? Yeah, I'm, I'm moving around. You know, I, I, you know, I, you know I, I just can't be at one place. I said, is that right? I said, you know what your problem is? You think you're smarter than everybody. So therefore, you're unteachable. The Lord told me to tell that man this. To tell him that he has all his word and he's going to die unfruitful. Now you go back and think about it. So you're so smart. Yeah. Okay. Well then if you're that smart, why don't you be still at your own local church and start pouring the word in you into other people? Since you say you know all that, don't you think you ought to be a teacher? No, can't nobody get you to sit still. You're not going to be committed to no Sunday school class, no superintendent, none of that. Not even the night church. You're running your own life. 
And at some point, you're going to ruin it. You're not smarter than God. You just need to calm down and repent and become like little children and be led. Then you'll be all right. You're a student. You don't know more than your teacher. Pride goes before destruction. Heart of spirit before the fall. Verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt. Man, he left the night scene behind. He left all them clothes behind. He left all that stuff behind him. Because now his life is headed in a whole new direction. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. I don't dilly and dally with drinks. I don't dilly and dally with nightclubs. How, how, how would you feel if you saw me coming out of the door of your favorite nightclub? How, how do you think you'd feel? You don't want me there, but you there. He forsook Egypt. Egypt had no more appeal to him. And he only went back because God told him to go get my people. Now, if you ain't in that nightclub to get somebody out of there to serve the Lord, what are you doing in there? And they answered the man of God, not a word. <laughs> I ain't barking at you. you. You have to answer that for yourself. Why you keep going back there? Does it have a greater appeal on you than God's word? Are you trying to reconnect with somebody? This generation is kind of in bad shape. They searching people out that they used to love, they searched them out on Facebook. What, Philadelphia, let me type that in. <laughs> what, what, when are you going to forsake Egypt? Huh? When are you going to come out? When will the refrigerator get cleaned out? Huh? When are you going to get that stuff out of there? I'm working on the path. No, it's working on you. <laughs> Tell you, Dave, we can do better. Yeah, we, we, can, we can do better. Now, I want to be honest with you. I, I want to I be the kind of pastor you can trust with this word. I want to be honest with you now. You can drink. But don't get drunk. Now that's in the Bible. And it tells me as a pastor that I can't drink. I should not drink. Because I have Moses in the den of lions preaching. <laughs> that was one of my slow curve. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I am Noah in the lion's den. It is all be messed up. <laughs> but Christians can drink. It should be in moderation, and you should not get drunk. Okay? So I've been in that world. If I 
start drinking, it's all over with. That chair up there behind that desk, empty. <laughs> empty. I get here five, five, five minutes to 12. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to tell you anything, you know, that I'm just give it to you. God said you can do it. Evidently, you can do it. Okay, but I think he was talking about non-alcoholic. Okay. <laughs> Look at verse 27 again. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. See, beloved, listen. In this faith that's amplified, stretching it beyond the boundaries that you first got it from God, that's all I've done. That's all I've done. And I'm going to keep on doing it. And when it's time to move forward again as a whole ministry, then we're moving. When God tells you to be still, learn how to wait. Learn how to be still. Because he's not going to lead you wrong. Some people you're probably praying about that you have led into your life. You have to be careful who you let into your life. Let me share this with you all. I'm, I'm going to be through. You know, sometimes people can pray against you. Now, I don't know who they're talking to while they're doing that. Because God, I'm his child. He ain't going to form no weapon against me. Kind of get a witness at the church. Amen. He's not going to do it. But there's a thing that I call soul force. Where people can gather together and pray against you for the real, talking to the real God and praying for you to get delivered because you, we ain't sure you're a Christian. And God will allow the circumstances to drive you straight up out of that relationship. And you say, wait a minute, God don't destroy marriages. No, he doesn't. But everybody that's married, some of them folks shouldn't be married. What God has joined together. And light and darkness should never marry. So there's a force that can drive a person straight up out of a situation. Do you know what's so sad about it? They thought they moved on on their own. They didn't. So much we got to learn. But right here to conclude, when in verse 29, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, 
which the Egyptians are saying to do will drown. See, God will open a door for you because you are his child. God will have you right in the midst of your enemies and they see you and they can't touch you. So a lot of people see how you move around and how your business and how the Lord elevates you because promotion comes from him, how the Lord is just blessing you and everything. They go and try to emulate that and get drowned. They can't, they can't walk where you walk. I'm getting ready to say something and I'm going to be through. They can't walk where you walk. They can even try to talk like you and sound like you. But God know that they ain't you. Am I right about it? So the Egyptians saw the Israelis going through the Red Sea on dry land and decided we can do that. <laughs> they couldn't. Because the Lord drowned every one of them. You got access to God. They don't. You, you, you praying in Jesus' name. God ain't hearing them. They can't go where you go. They cannot do what you do. They don't have access to the living God like you do. They tried that and every one of them got drowned. Some of y'all working with people that just straight up don't like you. You ought to rejoice because it's easy to get rid of them. You cast them on the Lord, and he's going to take care of them. Amen. Amen. Amen? So amplify your faith by stretching it and let it do for you what you can't do for you. You can send your faith to work for you. It'll take care of your enemies. Amen. Ain't no need you sweating. Cast them on the Lord and go on about your business. And he will take care of what you cannot. The Egyptians saw them Israelis and thought that they could, oh, we, we, we can do that. <laughs> Every one of them was drowned. And their horses. That was terrible. But you trust God and amplify your faith. Make it work for you. You be real with your faith. Your faith going to be real with you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord. Alright stand on your feet and give God some praise for his word tonight. Come on he's worthy. Thank you Lord for your word. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of Jesus. in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come 
the Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago, and he answered me, came into my heart, and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. the trouble all over the world. I'm telling every man, woman, boy, and girl is coming soon. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you. Oh